But look at Luke chapter number 2, verse number 22. If you're there, say amen. Amen. The Bible says, When the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, if you've got one of them funny Bibles, it'll say their purification. Jesus didn't need to be purified. <laughs> he was absolutely perfect. Look at verse number 23. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles in the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto, his Mary, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce, pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts be revealed. Let's pray to Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you again for this morning. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you're a God that, Lord, you're not just the God of the storm, but you're God in the storm. Lord, I'm so grateful this morning, God, we, Lord, we read in our Bibles about how you walked across the stormy sea to the disciples. God, how you walked out on the boat and you spoke peace to the storm. And, Lord, that was great for those men. And it helped those men. And they stepped back and said, marveled at what kind of man you were, the very Son of God. But, Lord, I wasn't there that night. Well, I didn't see you come rock, walking across the sea like they did. But, Lord, I have seen you walking through the storms of my life and speak peace, bring a comfort that this world doesn't know about. And, Lord, when you didn't calm the storm around me, Lord, you calmed the storm in me. I ask you, Lord, this morning that you'd just help our hearts this morning. God, would you speak to us directly through your word this morning? God, would we find ourselves in the pages of your word this morning, learning and gleaning and listening to what you have for us this morning. And I pray, Lord, this morning, if there's anybody here, a Lord, that doesn't know whether or not they're truly saved and born again by the grace of God. Lord, they've got their life together. They've got their act together. But, Lord, if they were to die right now, they're not 100% sure. They'd go to heaven when they die. Oh, I pray, Lord, they would not walk out of here this morning without getting that settled. Because, Lord, that very truth, that very reality is the only thing they can bring real peace to their life. We pray, Lord, this morning you'd work in the hearts and lives of everybody that's here this morning and that none of us from the pulpit down would walk out of, the, walk out of here the same way we walked in this morning. God, would you get me out of myself, Lord, and fill me with the Spirit of God. Help me to preach this morning as you desire it to be preached this morning. Lord, I love you and I thank you. And we thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. But, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. Has Christmas ever come to you or 
come into your life faster than you anticipated. I mean, you knew it's on the calendar. You know it's the same day every year. It's December 25th. That doesn't change. It's been that same day since I've been alive and probably since you've been alive as well this morning. But has it ever just snuck up on you? It just got there faster than you anticipated, faster than you were expecting this morning. You're running around this next week trying your best to dodge cars and shopping carts because you still got some people you've got to shop for. How many have got the, the easy people done for? They're the easy ones. You just give them a gift card. You get them something simple. They're easy. But how many of you got them people on your list? You have no idea what to get them. And so now you're stuck here in this week and you're, you're going everywhere from advanced auto all the way to the mall, to Dairy Queen, to QVC. You're trying to find it everywhere, find something for somebody. It snuck up on you. <laughs> you're throwing random items together for a dish to take to the family get together. You look in the refrigerator, you've got mustard, coleslaw, and bologna. And you're trying to figure out something to take because it snuck up on you. <laughs> That's all you got tonight. You just bring your appetite tonight, amen. We, we will forgive you this evening. <laughs> I don't know if I could eat that, that stuff mixed together. Could be good, I don't know. Maybe your hand's cramping because you forgot to do your Christmas cards. And so now you're writing generic Merry Christmases to everybody and trying to get it all together so you can put it in the, the boxes back there or sent out to family. <laughs> and you, you rush and you rush just to arrive to December 25th out of breath, tired and wore out. And you tell yourself, you know what, next year I'm going to get ahead of this. Next year, I'm going, to be, uh, I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to start Christmas shopping in July. I'm going to start Christmas shopping in, in, in the middle of the year instead of towards the end of the year. I'm going to get my letters typed up. I'm going to get my recipes found out. I'm going to have all that together so I don't have to miss out on the joy of Christmas because I'm rushing around. You've come close. Here's the thing you got to think. You've come close, but you've never missed out on Christmas. You might not have had everything together. You might not have had everything the way that you liked it. But come December 25th, some way, somehow, you sat down somewhere and you enjoyed Christmas with, with somebody somewhere at some time. Yes, it might have snuck up on you, but you never missed out on Christmas. Now, this morning we're introduced to a man by the name of Simeon. We don't know his last name. We really don't know where he came from, who his parents were. His lineage is not marked in the word of God this morning. We can't tell you who his mom and daddy were. We can't tell you what tribe he came from. All we know is his name was Simeon. And by the time we are introduced to him, you could almost say that Simeon has missed out on Christmas. Or you could say it this way, he's almost missed out on Christ. Well, what do you mean by that, preacher? Well, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Simeon wasn't there. When the shepherds come running to the manger and they see the very Son of God and they go running back through Bethlehem spreading the good news of the arrival of the Son of God, Simeon wasn't there. He didn't see the heavens open up and the angelic host proclaiming that the very Son of God had been born. Glory to God in the highest. Simeon didn't hear that. He may not even heard the shepherd's testimony because really, Simeon's not even in Bethlehem. Simeon's in Jerusalem. He is separated by distance and location. Now, he's probably maybe heard some wind and maybe heard some uh, gossip or heard some information. Maybe the little bird came to where he was and said, it's been told that the Son of God's been born in Bethlehem. To be honest with you, he probably even missed the naming 
of this precious baby named Jesus. The Bible tells us that he was named eight days after his birth. He was given the name not that Joseph came up with and not that Mary came up with, but the name that God had given him, Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And really, after Simeon's account, just six verses later, Jesus is 12 years old. He's standing in the, in the synagogue and he's talking with doctors and lawyers and they're astonished with what he's teaching and what he's saying, how, a, how somebody so young, how somebody at that maturity level, so to speak, could teach with such authority and such understanding and such knowledge. And why, how could he do that, preacher? Because yes, he might have been 12 years old and yes, he might have still been a, a boy in our standards tonight or this morning, but he was the very son of God. He knew the beginning from the end. But you could almost say, if it wasn't for this little part in Simeon's life, what's recorded here in Luke chapter number two, these few verses, if these weren't here, you could say that Simeon almost missed out on Christ. He almost missed out on Christmas. Because when this account takes place, we're not talking a few days after the birth of Christ. By this time, it's been 40 days since the Lord has been born. How do you know that preacher? Well, the Bible tells us there in verse number 22, and when the days of purification, you go back to the law of Leviticus, law, Leviticus chapter 12, verse two, and verse four tells us that the entire purification process of a woman who has just given birth under the law was 40 days. So at least it's been 40 days since Jesus has born. And here's the thing this morning, if Simeon had been too busy, if Simeon had been too rushed, if he had been too preoccupied, he would have missed out on seeing the Christ, the very Son of God. But thanks be to God this morning, that was not Simeon's testimony. That's not what Simeon, we don't know much about Simeon. We don't know his, 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 his history, and really we don't know what happens after this. But here's what we do know, is that Simeon did not miss out on Christ. He was there when Christ showed up. And can I say this morning, I don't want you to miss out, not just on Christmas, but I don't want you to miss out on Christ. <laughs> I don't know everything about you. I don't know necessarily where you came from. I may not know who your mama and daddy are. I may not know your family history. And to be honest with you, I really don't know your future. I don't know what tomorrow holds, let alone 10 years from now. But here's what I do know. God has me and you here this morning. And if we're not careful... If we don't follow what Simeon did here, we'll miss out on Christ. We'll miss out on what Christ has for us. Every person can experience Christ like Simeon did by observing the following truths found in this account. I want you to notice number one this morning. The reason why Simeon was even there. The reason why Simeon was there, verse 25 through 27 this morning. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit in the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. This whole account this morning takes place with inside the temple there in Jerusalem. And there were some people who were there out of obligation. They were there out of obligation. Mary and Joseph are there out of obligation. Why are they there? Out of custom of the law. They have brought this 
child, this, the very son of God. They have made the journey from Nazareth, more than likely to Jerusalem, a 60-mile journey uh, from, from where they are to, to Jerusalem, and they're there to sacrifice unto the Lord. It's an amazing thing to, to look at this morning, to think about, well, what kind of sacrifice did they bring? Well, they brought the Lord. Well, they didn't bring to sacrifice him. They brought two, or two pigeons uh, this morning. Uh, with them, two turtles, two young pigeons this morning, and they were there out of the custom of the law. The law said at this time, at this place, you're to bring a sacrifice for every child that is born, every man child that is born of the womb. And that's why they're there. Could you imagine this morning having to go 60 miles for a few minutes? out of great expense, out of, out, of, out of great effort to go from your home to the temple to offer a small sacrifice just to pack back up and go home. Well, that's a, you would look back and say, that don't, that don't make a lot of sense. That, that don't seem cost effective. Why were they there? They were obligated to be there. But notice not just Mary and Joseph, but also the priests that were serving in the temple were there out of obligation. They were there not necessarily because they sat down and they filled out a resume and they said, I would really like to be a priest that serves in the temple or in the, in the tabernacle. I, 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 I really want to do that. That's my life's missions. That's my life's goal. No, their, their daddy was a priest. Their daddy's daddy was a priest all the way back to Aaron and because of their bloodline and because of their lineage this morning, those priests were in there out of obligation. But there was one man in the temple out of obedience. Nobody was forcing Simeon to be there. Nobody was making Simeon be there. Nobody was twisting Simeon's arm to be there. He wasn't there out of obligation. Simeon was there out of obedience to what? The very word of God. The very leading of the Holy Spirit this morning. I want you to notice number, verse number 25, Simeon had a longing. Simeon had a longing. Look at this. And, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. On the outside, looking in, Simeon seemingly had the, everything together. He seemingly was a, what we'd call a good fellow or good people. Look how the Bible describes Simeon. He's a just man. In essence, he is an upright, he's a law-abiding citizen. Simeon uh, wasn't necessarily who we, we would look back and say, well, they're part of that crowd. They're part of those people that we got, the people ill, we got to stay away from those. Simeon was somebody that we'd look at and say, that's a good fellow right there. He does right. He pays his taxes. He's, he's, he's appropriate and he's, he's nice. He's just, but the Bible says he's also devout. He's devout. He's, he's pious. He's religious. He, he does not just the right things, but he goes to the right places. He believes the right things. And he does that which is outlined in the law. Here's the thing tonight, this morning, we don't know necessarily why Simeon was there outside of the fact the Holy Spirit told him to go there. But we see that Simeon has a lot. What? He is waiting for the consolation of Israel. Look what it says right there in verse 25. The same man was just about waiting for the consolation of Israel. In essence, Simeon had to step back and say, oh, I might be a just man. I might be law-abiding. I might do that which is right, that which is expected of me. I might have good standing in the public and within my community. And I might be a, a, a devout man. I, I'm at the, the synagogue when I'm supposed to be there. I read the, the 
when I'm supposed to read it. I, I observe the holy days like I'm supposed to observe them. I offer the sacrifice like I'm supposed to. He said, but there's one thing that my justice or my, my just actions and my religious actions and my, my, my pious actions, my devout actions cannot do. And he said, I am not the consolation of Israel. He said, though what's going on and what I need is far greater than what I can do for myself. In essence, yes, Simeon says, I, I'm waiting for the consolation of Israel. But Simeon said, I'm an Israelite. And therefore, I'm waiting for that consolation too. That word consolation is a reference to Christ this morning, the promised Messiah given back in Genesis. But it's also, you break the word down, <laughs> consolation, a consoler. One who comes beside you, one who comes to you and helps you and deals with the things that you cannot fix, fixes the problems that you cannot solve, encourages you in ways that you cannot do it yourself. Simeon said, that's what I'm longing for. That's what I'm waiting for, the very consolation of Israel. That was Simeon, uh, that what Simeon could not do by himself. He needed uh, and he was waiting on one that was greater than him. He was longing for the consolation of Israel. But not only this, Simeon had a lesson. Simeon had a lesson, verse number 25, right there at the end of it, and the Bible says the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now this is interesting. It's one of the few times prior, after, yeah, prior to the, the, the giving of the Holy Spirit the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit now dwells inside of us. We understand, yes, we're in the New Testament, but we're, under, we're operating under the laws and the regulations of the Old Testament this morning. But here is Simeon, and the Holy Ghost isn't necessarily in him, but the Bible says he is upon him. In essence, there is something, and Simeon probably sounds like me and you, where there's, we don't know why we're necessarily here this morning. We don't know exactly what's going to take place. But there's something that said you need to be in church this morning. You need to show up. You, you just need to get ready and go. And if I were to ask you why you're here this morning, you'd say, well, I'm really not sure why I'm here. I just feel like I'm supposed to be here. And here is Simeon. He's got this lesson. The Holy Spirit is upon him. And it sounds like conviction. The Holy Spirit was dealing with him. He was, he was drawing him into the synagogue, drawing him me, into the, the temple this morning. Why? Holy Spirit wanted to be in the right place at the right time so we wouldn't miss out on Christ. Preacher, who does the Holy Spirit always lead you towards? The Lord. <laughs> that ain't a funny feeling. It ain't your, necessarily your conscience. It ain't, it ain't uh, some emotional feeling that you have this morning. If there's something in you that says, I need to go to church, that is the Holy Spirit that is drawing you into the house of God this morning because he has something for you and he doesn't want you to miss out on Christ this morning. The Holy Spirit had a promise for him that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ right there in verse number 26. It was revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death till he had seen the Lord's Christ. <laughs> Boy, he gave him a real specific time, right? Next Tuesday at 8 p.m., be in the temple, Simeon. Christ is gonna be there. Holy Spirit said, Simeon, I promise you, if you'll just listen to me, if you'll follow me, if you'll be obedient to me, you will see the Lord's Christ before you die. Sometimes in our Christian life, we wish God would give us the time and the date. Lord, tell me exactly, specifically to the minute when this trial is going to end. Lord, tell me to the minute when this problem is going to be solved. Lord, tell me to the minute when I'm going to finally feel better. Lord, tell me to the minute when everything's going to be a-okay. 
Can I say this morning, though God may not give us the exact time, the exact moment this morning, there's a Bible full of promises that if I'll just trust Jesus this morning and I'll just trust his word, I know that God will take care of me. Simeon had a lesson. The Holy Spirit had a promise for him. Here's the thing, that was a promise only God could keep. Yes, see, the shepherds had an identifier. When those angels of the Lord began to speak to the shepherds, we talked about it in Sunday school this morning. The shepherds were told to go into Bethlehem and not just find any babe, not just find any child, but find the one that was swaddled in clothes and lying in a manger. That's why when they showed up and there was a baby swaddled up, lying in a manger, one of those shepherds said, I ain't a smart fellow, but that's him right there. That's what the angel said. All Simeon had was a promise that he would see the Lord's Christ. Maybe he just thought, well, you know what? Maybe word did get to Simeon. This birth of a, a child in Bethlehem. Simeon knew the law. He said, well, you'd start adding up 40 days from then to now. He said, well, if I got a chance to see him, I know mom and daddy want to come to the, t- the temple. They're going to have to offer the sacrifice. Maybe if I just hang around where God's at. I just hang around God's people. I'll find what I'm looking for. Can I encourage you this morning, if you're looking for the Lord, you're in the right place this morning. (laughs) Not because I'm anything special, but I know him this morning. And I can introduce him to you if you'd like this morning. But notice here, the Bible says Simeon had a lesson. Here's the thing. What does that look like today? Holy Spirit conviction leading to a heavenly conversion. Simeon had a longing. Simeon had a lesson. Verse number 27, Simeon had a leading. Verse number 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. Maybe into the temple. He came by the Spirit into the maybe, temple. Maybe Simeon was like me and you. He was waiting and waiting and waiting. He thought, you know, it ain't happening. I'm a fool to think that I'll actually get, a very, I'll actually get to see the Lord's Christ and I'll get to see the very Son of God. I'm a fool to think that. Who am I? I'm just Simeon. No one knows my last name. No one knows where I came from. I just hang out around the temple and I'm trying to do right. Yes, I've got a good reputation, but not one that ought to get an audience with the very Son of God. The Holy Spirit said, hey, why don't you go to the temple today? Simeon had a leading. Those who were there by obligation probably couldn't figure out why. I said, what are you doing here again, Simeon? Why are you here? What are you doing here? And Simeon said, well, I just, the Lord told me to come. The Holy Spirit put it in my heart to be here this, this morning, to, to be at the temple, and I'm not even sure why I'm here, but I just feel like this is where the Lord wants me to be, what the Lord wants me to do. Here's the thing, once you know the Holy Spirit led him exactly to where he was supposed to be. That's the beauty of the Christian life. It is to be a Spirit-filled life, but also a Spirit-led life. And when you and I allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us according to the, 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 the truths of God's Word and the principles and the precepts within God's Word this morning, we don't have to worry about being in the wrong place at the wrong time because when the Lord, when we follow the Lord, He'll put us in the right place at the right time. Why are you here today? Better question, but who led you here today? Are you here out of obligation? It's Christmas. If I'm not here, a preacher's going to be worried about me. If I'm not here, a preacher's going to come find me. Call the FBI. Get them on my case. I'm here so nobody worries about me. Or did you come because God said, hey, forsake not this assembly yourselves together. 
Did you come looking for him? Did you let him lead you into church today? The reason Simeon was there is being obedient to the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice number two, the realization that Simeon made. Look at verse number 28. Then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy sight. Man, there's so much truth in these four verses here, five verses. I hope I can get it all out to you this morning. Which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and a glory to the people of thy people Israel. <laughs> I probably watched too many Disney movies growing up because my imagination runs with this, 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 this portion of scripture. Right in my mind when he approaches Mary and Joseph, he just, give me your baby. <laughs> now let me tell you this. <laughs> I don't know how Mary and Joseph did it. But I ain't just handing my baby off to nobody. <laughs> I love y'all dearly. <laughs> I'm just not, I don't know you. Here, take my baby. Right? <laughs> don't make no sense. But then in my imagination, I, I see Simeon <laughs> grabbing the baby in like Lion King style. <laughs> holding that baby up and saying all that he says right there and he took him up in his arms and blessed him God and said, Now, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen salvation. But when you read the scriptures, you find out that's not what he did. He said he took him up in his arms. Your arms. Not your hands. Your arms. What did he do? I think he cradled him. We don't have baby Jesus back there. Probably should have brought a baby doll. Here's the thing. You do the math, 40 days, the Lord's only a month old. We understand, yes, he's the very son of God, but he also progressed and grew like a human naturally grows. That way he can understand everything you and I go through. A one-month-old baby's neck muscles aren't very strong. If we'd have held the baby up like this, we'd have had problems. I remember when Raylan was born, I'd probably held like two babies in my entire life. <laughs> I used to make fun of my dad because when he held babies, it looked like so awkward. There I was, I didn't know what to do. By the time Silo came around, it just plopped that baby on there. <laughs> but I can see Simeon, he grabs the Lord, cradles him in his arms, and has, is holding on to completely and fully. Boy, imagine that. The very God of heaven being held by a mere man. Is, and I don't think he was necessarily... <laughs> Here's the thing this morning. You can read verses 26, excuse me, verses 28 through 32 this morning. And Simeon might have been talking to everybody else. Or he could have been looking at the Lord. And both audiences would have been fine. But I believe he cradles the Lord in his arms. And says, mine eyes have seen salvation. Boy, it's a beautiful picture this morning. Salvation isn't so much a proclamation, but a reception. He received Christ and said, that's all I need. He's all that I need. 
Once there's a reception, now there will be a proclamation. He receives the Lord, verse number 28. Bless the Lord. And bless God and said, Lord, let us now thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen salvation. He said, I've seen everything I need to see. Well, that's why this morning, doctrinal issues, that's why baptism follows salvation. Salvation is the reception of a free gift. Receiving the free gift of salvation, that is what salvation is, the finished work of Christ being applied and received to my own life. Baptism is a public proclamation of what God's already done. Baptism don't get you into heaven. It don't get you any more saved. It don't get you any higher in the, the hierarchy of religious, religious matters this morning. Baptism is saying, I'm glad that I received the Lord. And I want you to know that I'm glad that I did that. But Simeon, when Simeon grasped the Lord and he received the Lord, he realized what satisfaction was. He had the Lord in his hands but a few moments. And he proclaims, he's all that I need. My eyes have seen. So I can go in peace. Because that what I've been longing for, I found. Don't you remember the day that you got saved when you found what you were looking for? And it didn't take long. You didn't have it all figured out. You didn't know all the doctrines of the word of God. You had no idea what the word eschatology or hermeneutics means. And you may not know what that means today, but I remember the day when the Lord saved me. I didn't have it all figured out. But in that moment, just a few seconds later, I realized I had all that I'd ever need this morning in the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> you realize he's all you really needed. Simeon realized what satisfaction was. He said, it ain't my just works. It ain't my devout lifestyle. He said, he is all that I need. Not only did Simeon realize what satisfaction was, he realized who salvation was. Verse number 30, it's in and through that child, the very son of God. Would man's salvation be brought and delivered? If Simeon found his salvation in Christ, why do you think you'll find it anywhere else? Simeon knew it was for all people. That's why I said in verse number 31, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Simeon said, it ain't just for me. Boy, he said, he might even look at Mary and y'all get a grasp of him. He'll probably look at him. Y'all get a grasp of him and you receive him. You find all that you need this morning. Oh, but look at this, verse number 31. He was for all people. So, so we should also receive Christ this morning. Verse number 32, we see the results of salvation. What does it, what happens when somebody receives, well, the Bible says the light, the light in the Gentiles. Our life becomes lit up. Our life becomes enlightened this morning. We walk from darkness into God's light this morning. We walk into the, the true light this morning that no man can put out, no man can snuff out, no man can change. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God this morning. You'll walk into a life that is full of light. What's comfort? But at the same time, it's convicting. Because as you grow in your Christian life, God shines lights in areas that you don't want him to shine lights in. But he's not doing it because he's mad at you. He's doing it because he loves you. He wants you to deal with those things. The result of salvation enlightens us, but notice this, it also empowers us. The glory of thy people, Israel. Salvation brings us from being victims to victors, from bondage to liberty, and from death to life. The Bible said that Simeon was a just man, a devout man. He understood the things of the word of God. He maybe studied them and he had an underworking knowledge of them. And I can see Simeon going home, having this promise that he'd see the very Lord's Christ and he's living his life and he's trying to figure all this out and he, maybe he flips back to Isaiah, maybe he flipped back to Jeremiah and Micah, Genesis, the Old Testament, the tabernacle, the Red Sea experience. 
And he's trying his best to put all these pieces together. He's trying his best to figure out all this. That way he doesn't miss the Lord's Christ. And here's the thing. When you run into Jesus, you'll have no doubt about it. <laughs> I can see as the Lord's placed into his arms, that final piece comes all together. And he said, it's him. He's it. The realization that was made. You ever put a puzzle piece together? Or a puzzle piece. A puzzle together? <laughs> Everybody's got their own way to do it. Everybody's got their own opinion on how to do it. Do you start with the outside and work your way in? Do you start with your way on the inside, work your way out? But here's the thing this morning. You can have all the pieces together. But if you're missing the last one, you don't have a complete puzzle. You can have the looks this morning. You can have the right speech. You can hang out with the right people. You can read from the right Bible. You can have all those pieces together this morning. But if you don't have Christ... You don't have salvation. There's only one name given under heaven by which men might be saved this morning. And it's the Lord. Let me ask you this morning, have you come to the same realization Simeon did that Jesus is the only one who can save you? Then notice number three this morning, the revelation that Simeon gave. The revelation that Simeon gave. Verse number 34 now, I know Simeon ended up giving the Lord back to Mary. I know it, it happens because life goes on. <laughs> but I can just see Simeon, he's just enjoying it. <laughs> he, the Bible says in verse number 35, Joseph and his mother marveled at those things. Here's the thing. You bring a baby to me, <laughs> I'm going to say that baby's cute. Cuddly. Sweet. Precious. Simeon didn't say that. Simeon didn't say, oh, look at his cheeks. Look at his nose. <laughs> Simeon said, this is for all people. He's the answer for everybody. Not just for the Israel, but for the Gentiles. He is salvation. And Joseph said, ain't nobody ever said that about him. And nobody ever looked at him and said that. They were taken back by what was said about him. But then Simeon goes even further. He reveals some things to them. I forgot to ask you this morning, you want the good news or the bad news? Don't worry, even the bad news is good news right here. Verse number 34, Simeon blessed them. He blessed them. Don't know what he said, don't know how he said it, but he blessed them. He encouraged them, he, he helped them, he was happy for them. And the Bible said, he said unto Mary, his mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Simeon blessed them. <laughs> what did he bless them with? The truth. What the work of Christ would accomplish, verse number 34. He would set forth the fall and the rising again and as we'll see through the work of Christ this morning, self-righteousness would fall. Through the work of Christ this morning, spiritual wickedness would fall. Through the work of Christ, sinful leadership would fall. Through Christ, senseless religion would fall this morning. Where would it fall? All at the feet of Jesus, who is greater than all of that put together this morning. Simeon said, there's, because of him, there's some things that are going to fall, and they need to fall. 
And he goes on to say, but there will be some things that rise again. I love the word again, especially when he attaches the word born. Because <laughs> that's what I is this morning. I'm born again by the grace of God. <laughs> See, through Christ, yes, there's a lot of things that would fall. But through Christ, the battered would rise again. The defeated would rise again. The hopeless and helpless would rise again. And the dead would rise again this morning. Where would they fall, preacher? Where would they go? Where would they all rise again? Right at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> Let me ask you this morning, oh my goodness, what the work of Christ would produce in verse number 35. He looks at Mary and he says, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. He looked at Mary and says, There's going to come a day. He didn't give her the specifics. He didn't say on a hill outside of Jerusalem where they were currently standing at the moment. He didn't say right outside these city walls you're going to watch your son die. You're going to watch this great gift that God has given you nailed to a tree. He didn't give her the specifics but one day it's going to be as if a sword has pierced your own soul. It's going to break you apart. It's going to tear you up. It's going to bother you deeply. Let me, let me say this this morning. If what Christ did for you on the cross of Calvary, if what he went through for you and I doesn't convict you, something is bad wrong. Something is off. Preacher, it's Christmas. We ought to be excited. We ought to be, we ought to be rejoicing and singing from songs and, and caroling and eating cookies. We ought to be doing the kind of say, yes, I'm excited for the festivities of this holiday and I'm excited for what the season means. But at the same time, I know why he came and he came to die on a cross for somebody like me and what he went through, he did not deserve and what he, what he, what he, what he endured, he did not earn this morning. I did and he did that for me. I don't ever want to get over what he did for me. I read through Calvary. I watch the cat of nine tails. I see him nailed to a cross. See his side pierced. I hear him cry those sayings from the cross. Boy, and it breaks my heart up that somebody who didn't deserve any of that did it for me. I can identify with Mary this morning. I know what it's like to have a sword pierced through my soul. Simeon said that the hearts, the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And what you think about and what Calvary means to you is the greatest revealer of what's inside your heart. It doesn't bother you. It tells you how hard your heart is, how cold your heart is this morning. But if you can't read through it without thinking, man, he did that for me, why would somebody do that for me? It's a great revealer of where your heart is this morning. The revelation that Simeon made was that one day, this very precious baby, who is the very son of God, will one day die for you, suffer for you. Let me ask you this morning, have you believed on what Jesus did for you? Does that, does that encourage you? Does that bother you? Does it convict you this morning that God would do something like that for you? Simeon didn't miss out on Christ. Will the same be said about you this morning? God has you here for a reason. 
and for a purpose this morning. Are you going to miss out on it? Or are you going to get what God has for you this morning? Let's all stand this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed.